0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Penguins win a couple in a row, and then they come back down a little bit with a 6 nothing blowout loss to the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday. To start the show off, I'm going to go into what really set Sidney Crosby off and just how the goaltending really let the Penguins down on this one by Mr. Casey DeSmith letting in a couple of softies, Dustin Tukorski coming in cold and letting in a bad goal. All that plus so much more is coming up on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. You're Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your, your, course, your host, Hunter Hodes. you to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRs And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit FanDuel.com slash on today to <clears throat> get started. Um, as you can see, I've done a couple of little things to my office. There's some stuff to the right side of here. Some stuff to the left, and then right back behind me. For those who are on YouTube, wonderful photo of the Steelers winning the Super Bowl in 2009, and then a very classic OG 2009 photo featuring Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jordan Stahl and marc Andre Fleury from from the 09 Cup final. I've had that photo for a good number of years. I'm glad I was able to uh, fix it up a little bit. And tomorrow we're going to stack those with bookshelves, so this whole thing is really coming together nicely. But can tell you what did not come together nicely was the Penguins game against the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday, a 11 o'clock face-off, because for some reason the LA Kings had to bring out the Stanley Cup for Dustin Brown, which is just ridiculous because this is a player who is not even going to sniff the Hockey Hall of Fame. I get it. Did very well for them when he was there. Brought them two Stanley Cups. But that whole ceremony was just felt kind of cringeworthy in some ways. That's like the Penguins doing, you know – He's not the captain of this team. Obviously, he's never been. He was, was never the captain of this team. But it's like the Penguins doing a ceremony for Chris Krueger, or something like that, and just doing it for like a 60, 60 to ninety minutes. And that statue just looked really cringe. Face-off starts eleven, and the Penguins you know, they were ready to play. I thought they were forechecking well. Um, thought they were playing well defensively. They gave up a little bit of an early goal, kind of bad luck. But you know, towards the late stages of that first period, they're still look, they're trying to get some good chances. Though they were kind of. Just put to the outside a little bit, but Casey Smith gives up a really bad goal after making a good save with only a couple minutes left, and you know it just sky it just you know spiral from there. They go down three nothing because of another bad goal in the second period. Justin Joharczyk comes in, he gives up a little bit of a softie. Then at that point, it's four nothing. <clears throat> Game's over. So you know that, that just that's how it goes. Phoenix Compley at one end made the saves in the first period. Casey Smith did not, and yeah, there was a lot of talk on penguins twitter about you know should Dismith smith be given that second and second start right and i'm not going into it i was fine with it i didn't really mind it too too much i kind of saw both sides to it i you know part of me was thinking Dismith smith was going to go again because he didn't get a lot of work um <clears throat> against the ducks and he also had turned in two quality starts in a row but also another part of me a smaller part it was just like you know this is a player who's never started back-to-back games he's the backup for a reason if you don't trust Dustin Dukorski to start in this game, you know, <clears throat> why did you sign him in the first place? You know, wh- why is he here? Also, I mean, you know, he's here obviously because Tristan and hurt, but you know, <clears throat> why are, you know, just what's the point basically is what I'm saying. And, you know, he had to come in anyway. He was ice cold, gave by bad goal again. He's made a couple of, you know, <clears throat> fine saves otherwise, but still his rebound control was lacking. I mean, the guy hadn't played in at least a couple of weeks. So, <clears throat> you know, definitely was rusty. But again, you know, you easily could have made the case, and I saw a lot of people doing it, that Tokarski should have started in that game against the Kings. He's the more fresh goalie. Desmith banked you those points the next night. You know, maybe Mike Sullivan went into it late, like thinking, "Okay, I got to start Desmith in the first game because we got to bank those two points." You know, <clears throat> I don't really—it doesn't really matter who starts in this game because they're, we're just going to get killed. Just because the Kings have only won two games on the second half of back-to-backs this season. So he probably just winged it, said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to start to Smith again. And, you know, sure. He paid the price for it because to Smith, you know, outside of that first goal, I didn't really like his game um, overall. I mean, the Kings were shooting 23%. So a a lot of that was on goaltending, but I also will say this. Penguins, they did not play well after the first period. You know, they, they punched the Kings in the mouth or a little bit, they were forechecking hard. They were getting decent chances. The power play was getting some good chances. Phoenix Copley was making some good saves. But they weren't able to crack them. And then once they exerted all of that energy in that first period, you know, the Kings had more of it because this was their first game in almost two weeks. Made to knock a little bit of rust off. Um, those fresh legs kicked into high gear while the Penguins were just gassed after playing a game um, less than 24 hours later. Th- those are such a tough back-to-back, especially after you, you beat a bad team like the Ducks, You go to L.A., a team that is very good this season, a team that hasn't played in almost two weeks. Um, And I said this on my Twitter. This was kind of a scheduled loss, in my opinion. And I hate using that term because people will say, well, that's just excuses and stuff. But sometimes games are scheduled losses. Look at the Washington Capitals. They went up to Boston, gave what? The Bruins their second home regulation loss of the season, something around those numbers. They had a really nice game against them. Come home less than 24 hours later, you're playing a bad Sharks team. They didn't even show up. They lost 4-1 to at home. They looked like they were just going through the motions, wanting to get home to watch the Super Bowl with their their teammates or their friends and family. So, you know, those kind of games happen to every team out there. It's just a shame that it happened after such a really good win against Ducks. Again, goaltending. Is partly to blame. I don't think Casey DeSmith and Tillerson Dokarski did a good enough job. I also did not think the Penguins did a good enough job, you know, just getting to the high danger areas of the ice. They were being out, um, out chanced in those areas 13 to five about halfway through the second period and ended up being, uh, a bit worse. If I have the number right here, yeah, 16 to seven overall in terms of that for the Kings. The Penguins had the better of the shot attempts, scoring chances were close to 50 50, but the Kings also had 63% of the expected goals. So in terms of the expected goals, and <clears throat> high danger chances, the Kings were a lot better there and rightfully so. But, you know, again, this I said coming into this, guys, four out of six points. That's what I'm looking for on the California road trip. That was my minimum. Beat the Ducks, check. Kings, you could have gotten it. Okay, you lost, you move on. You're still in a good spot in the wild card. Got the Sharks, you got the Sharks on Tuesday. Got to win that game. I'm sorry. I understand the Sharks have been playing better as of late. Tampa Bay, <clears throat> they beat them down there. They just took Carolina to overtime before they beat the Penguins. They beat the Capitals down in D.C. They are giving a lot of good teams fits. And so it's definitely not a gimme game. But it's still one where you, I you feel I feel like you have to get the two points there. In <clears throat> that situation before you go back to play the Islanders, two out of your next games, and of course the Devils as well. So that sums up part of my thoughts on that. Um, The Sidney Crosby thing, let's just jump into that real quick. It is very hard, I think, at this point in his career to really piss him off. There's a reason why he's never received a game misconduct. He never just mouths off to the officiating, doesn't really get into it anymore. You can say that he did early on in his career because he did. He was a whiner when he was 18 to 20 to 21 years old. What what person that age was not still one the guy's 35 years old now and he got the misconduct garrett rank is a garbage official who should probably not be working many other games this season i think he stinks you know i know he was the ref that gave the penguins nine power plays against the devils but he was also the ref that you know, just kept that entire game of special teams and then this one was calling really ticky tacky stuff missing a lot of other things that were more blatant penalties um <clears throat> he is an absolute garbage official um just awful um so when I saw Sid got the game misconduct I, I turned it off at that point just because like there's just no point in looking at it. so I turned it back on and I was seeing the replay and I'm like what exactly did he do to get thrown out I mean he mouthed off the official a little bit but you know <clears throat> basically I mean Sid basically got cross-checked right in front oh actually no that was not Sid I believe that was Ricard Raquel um I, I I believe so. Yeah, it was I mean, he got cross checked right in front of him by Mikey Anderson, and actually no, I believe no, I, no. So I'm, I apologize. That was Sid that got cross checked, and Ricardo Raquel kind of just standing there, not really going to the defense of his captain. I'm not really super big on that. I understand other people are, um, but you know, Sid hasn't. You know, he has a, a right to be upset about that. It's a blatant penalty that they, you know, it's just a joke that it shouldn't should have given the Penguins. Um, a total, just a big power play in that instance, but Sid had to mouth mouth back to the ref and, you know, he ends up getting tossed and yeah, I mean, you, you, see what happened there. Uh, Mike Sullivan is, I don't know if he was calling Garrett rank this or Todd McClellan, the LA Kings head coach, but let's just say he called him a D bag. Um, for those that are not familiar with that term, you can Google it yourself. I'm not going to say that word on the podcast here. I, he also used, he also dropped a giant F bomb before that, before, um, saying "f you" uh, to McClellan, or it was Garrett Rank. Right? He was not happy with that. And, and and Sid, he didn't want to get fined after the game. He said, "Can I really say what I really think at this point?" So he was unhappy about it. You know, people are gonna sit here and call him a crybaby and call him a whiner. Blah 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 blah. Do not even listen to those people. It is total garbage. I mean, 2007 is calling you back with the flip phones and the razors and all that. He's not a whiner anymore. I don't really. Need give that any of my attention but still very weird situation i don't know why he got a misconduct there was no reason to give him a misconduct there he was just you know standing up you know to the ref for what what, what happened with anderson he was not happy with anderson also he went up to him and exchanged a couple pushes uh, pushed and shoved him a little bit and you know his frustrations are definitely starting to show a little bit more as of late, like, just because i think the team has been pretty inconsistent um you know he takes the playoffs very seriously, and this streak, he wants to continue it. He wants this team to start playing more consistent hockey. So, I understand why he is pretty fed up right now. So, though those are my thoughts on the situation, why goaltending, just I think and towards the end of the first period and into the early second period, stages of the second period, why that I think just really screwed the Bengals in this game. Coming up in the second segment, though, we are going to get into some practice notes and why finally. Why finally? It looks like Trish and Jolly will be making his long-awaited return on Tuesday against Synergy Sharks. But before we get to that, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic beans because, you know, I didn't have time in the morning to work out and do stuff. I wanted more energy when I would wake up as well. I'm not really taking, I'm not really big on taking pills and vitamins in the morning. I also wanted something that tastes good. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special bending in ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus and aging, all of those things. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery, it supports your mental clarity and alertness. It also costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Games also has over 7,000 five star reviews and it's also recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's hard. it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. <clears throat> to make it easy, Athletic Games is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticbeanscom engine or NHL network, excuse me. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at, at Shore Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> Penguins practice today in Los Angeles before flying to San Jose. I believe that's only like an hour or two flight up there to San Jose, Santa Clara, area where the 49ers play as well. And the Penguins got good news today. On the injury front, Trish Jari making his way back. Um, It sounds like, according to Josh Yowie, who was there, he said it looks perfectly fine, was taking the majority of the reps. That was confirmed by Danny Shirey, who was at practice. He said he was staying in one net while DeSmith and Tokarski were um, (coughs) rotating in and out of the other. All signs point to the Penguins' number one goaltender returning on Tuesday against the Sharks. That is massive. Getting him back, hopefully having him stay healthy, is so huge. For the success of this team, he needs to stay healthy for the rest of the season. They just they cannot rely on Smith and Tokarski, you know, to get them into the playoffs and then win them around. We all saw we all saw what happened in the rain, against the Rangers um, this last spring. So getting him back is massive. I'll have more on an update on him a little later on in the show with an interesting article from Frank Sarabelli with some trade targets that he has there. And a little report about Jari about what could be causing these latest injuries. That's coming up in the final segment, so a little bit tease for you there. But Jan Ruta was also there. He is not going to play tomorrow, even though he's got a full practice, another full practice. I'm going to tell you why. So Jari can be activated anytime. All the Penguins need to do is send someone down because it's regular injured reserve. It does the cap does not matter with that. So. With him, Tokarski will be sent down, assuming Jari is going to go for tomorrow, which I think he will be. That will be the move. Now, if Jan Ruda was going to return tomorrow, the Penguins would have had to send both Tokarski down and probably someone like Drew O'Connor and put someone else on waivers because he's coming off long-term injury reserve. So the Penguins, you know, they with a with the Tokarski move, they'll have a uh, full 23-man roster. With Jan Ruda coming back, it'll be down to 22. So, we'll have an extra monster spot. But, because Ruda's on long-term injury reserve, you know, they have to send someone, they have to put someone on waivers. It was looking like today, it was going to be Mark Friedman, but right now, he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. I do not have an update. I do not know where that injury really occurred. <clears throat> he finished the game um, on Saturday against the Kings, so I'm not really sure, again, with that. But, you know, he can still be put on waivers and be sent down to wilkes Um, But they also could opt to maybe put Danton Heinen on waivers and have him be sent down as well. So, to, in order to activate Jan Ruda after Tristan is good to go potentially for tomorrow, things will have to send um, at least one player down to Wilkesbury and then put another one from the active roster on waivers. That's how that works. Um, I did not know that coming in today. You know, shout out Taylor Haas uh, for explaining that on her Twitter. She is so great with cap friendly and all that stuff. I am... Still, so I feel like I'm very smart in a lot of things, especially when it comes to this sport, when it comes to part of the cap and cap friendly and stuff, I, I'm, I'm not a newbie, but I'm definitely not an expert like she is. So I'm really glad that she was able to point that out and I can tell you all about it on the show. She is excellent uh, with that stuff. You know, it makes me smarter with it. That's for sure. Because again, I am not close to an expert with that on you know, probably a lot of things um, as well. But that's why Jan Ruda is not going to be playing tomorrow um earliest so he'll probably come back is friday or saturday against the islanders or the devils lines were the same today against crosby raquel zerker malkin russ McGinn Carter Captain Paling bluger Archibald Duman Latang Patterson Petrie but pio Joseph with uh, Chad Rubidal. Uh Mark Friedman obviously took Rubido's place in the last game. I thought that was the right call because uh Freeman had a really good game against the Ducks. Rubido has struggled a little bit at times this year, but you know <clears throat> there's not really I guess too much of a difference. Um, between the two, but it looks like Ruido will be in the lineup for that game against the Sharks. And then, power play units remain unchanged as well. Crosby, Gensel, Raquel, Malkin, Latang, Carter, Russ, Zucker, Happening, and Petrie for power play two. Um, and again, you know, because Mark Friedman was not waved today, um, you know he's hurt. So day to day with an upper body injury um, was not a maintenance day. Sometimes Mike Sullivan likes to say that, um, but no, not a maintenance day for him. Uh, he is banged up. So. You know, a soul for a soul. Tristan Jarry will be coming back. Mark Freeman gets hurt, um, and then you know Jan Ruda will be activated here pretty soon. You know, it's it's good that Freeman is usually an extra, but you know we're just about there for having the full team healthy. Knock on wood, <clears throat> at least. And you <clears throat> know that's really all I have in terms of practice updates for you all. I will say this: we can <clears throat> end the show with this little nugget from Frank Cervelli. We're going to get into the rest of it in the second segment here, uh, the final segment, excuse me. So, Frank writes, the Penguins' back end has been a match unit with the injury suffered, but more concerning than that is the status of Tristan Jari, who has missed 13 of the Penguins' last 15 games with upper and lower body injuries. <clears throat> Here's the kicker, those injuries are believed to be related to a chronic hip issue that has had a compounding effect on other injuries as he attempts to compensate it. He's also a UFA. When healthy, he's been outstanding with a 921 same percentage. The reliability and dependability are two of the biggest abilities when it comes to that position. Okay. That is the first time I have ever heard about a chronic hip issue with this goalie. I heard that he's had a nagging groin issue at times. I think that was what happened with the first injury. I don't know what the second injury was, but you know, it would make sense you know, in a way, especially you know, if it was a hip. Because you know the groin, you know, uh, you know yeah, it, it just, you know it affects different things in the body, but you know it would also. I mean, would that explain the foot injury that he suffered against the Islanders? I, I'm not really sure about that one, just because that was a freak accident when Andres Lee just barreled right into and broke his foot. I think this has to do more um, <clears throat> with these latest two injuries. The first one being the groin, I think, which what I heard, and then the second one, um, I don't know, but. You know, that's scary if he has a chronic hip issue that is forcing him to miss a lot of these games. It's also just forcing a couple of injuries on his hand. And, you know, I actually had um, <clears throat> one of my followers reach out to me and say, the Josh Banks, who is great from Penguin Sword," and he even says, you know, as a goalie who has actually had four hip surgeries, I know all about this condition. You can play through it, but you have to stay super stretched out. But if he's got impingement, any random move can be bone, bone on Bone on bone, excuse me, and that hurts, like, just, you know, excuse my language there, because I wonder if he's getting cortisone shots. So, that makes it sounds like, again, i never had any hip injury in my life. I know, you know, people have had hip injuries of their own. That makes it sound like it is really painful to play through. And, you know, it sounds like maybe the slightest of movements might be causing this, so... Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised every game. I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a medical expert here. I've never claimed to be. You know, <clears throat> is he getting a shot before every game to really just play through this and make sure that this is not causing other injuries? I mean, Mike Sullivan keeps saying like, oh, yeah, he's making progress. He's making progress. I mean, people who say practice practice, he looks good. He's making the right saves. His movement looks good. But, again, <clears throat> is another situation going to flare up with him where he just gets hurt in another week or two or something because his chronic hip issue flared up and it caused another um, injury? In his body. That's what I'm really afraid of. Based off that report. From Frank Cerebelli. And you know. That also goes into. What happens with him after this season ends Do the Penguins. Feel that he is the right guy. To lead them. For the next several seasons. As a franchise goaltender. Because again. You know. The market for the goalies this summer. Not good. Frederick Anderson's out there. But he has an injury concerns of his own. Outside of that. There's not a lot of good uh, starters out there. So. Um. You know, if that if that report from Ceravelli is true, though they're gonna have a big decision to make when it comes to that, you know, that's that's not good news if if he has a chronic hip issue, because you know that that those are really tough injuries for goalies. So I'm gonna end the second segment on that. Coming up in the final segment, we're gonna dive more into Ceravelli's article and some potential trade options that he has listed for the penguins. I'm gonna go over some of them that I have not gone over myself, and um, if that makes sense and look at some of the um, access to the Penguins could give up at what he has as well. But before we get into that, we have to touch on FanDuel. Um, FanDuel, of course, which is the official sportsbooks partner. Of locked on the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. Again, that's bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just download the app right now; it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. So, um, I don't follow the NBA too too much anymore. I used to just back when I was. I'm a little bit kid, so I don't really have the best bets right now for you all. But you know, if I had to make one for one of the games, um, I would say coming up, you know, uh, now I would, you know, pick, I, you know, the Wizards who have just been horrendous this season, I would pick them to lose against who they're going up against. I think that's an easy money line slam dunk right there. Again, I don't follow the NBA as much as I used to. But I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hopefully going to get more into it. I feel like if the Lakers had LeBron James back right now, I would put a little bit of a money line on them, despite them not being that good right now. But they also just did, did make a couple of really big trades that I'm hoping will get them back to the playoff site. Like, they used to be my childhood team, um, and I'm hoping that they're able to get back because LeBron just broke the scoring record last week so congratulations to him plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel the official sports betting partner of the NBA what's up guys Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back Wings for the game boom cash back new lucky jersey And terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. All right. I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes? All the shows, Twitter at NRSL Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into the rest of Sarah article here. So just goes into itself, like, you know, how do we get here? Dead by posture should be buyers. Yes. He thinks the top objective should be a second line scoring winner, scoring winger. Excuse me. You um, know he does say the Penguins have to find a way to increase the productivity outside of Crosby, Malkin, and Gensel. Yeah, Frank, but Jason Zucker has been, I think, one of their best wingers. Brian Russ is starting to heat up. I don't know if they fully need a second line scoring winger as their top need. I don't know how you can say that when Jeff Carter is eating third line minutes for you every night, and you don't have a good third line center. I understand the need for it, but the top six is also loaded right now. I think anything more to the top six will just be a bonus. And then the second objective he thinks is a defenseman. He goes at pure sense of the position, but not merely a defenseman. The injuries to Latang and Petrie show the Penguins thinking about a way to beef up the blue line. Okay, again, <clears throat> I don't think they should be in the market for a defenseman uh, unless you're getting rid of Brian Dumoulin or something like that. But right now, they seem pretty set. Tumal Matang, pedersen Petrie, P.O. Joseph, Jan Ruda, Chad your extra. I don't think they're going to go out there and get another defenseman. I mean, as I'm going to get to in just a second, there's a couple options that he lists, but I just, third line center, third line winger, you can even make an argument for second line winger. Those are fine, but I just don't see a need for a defenseman unless you're going out and getting Jacob Trippin. It doesn't look like the Penguins are even in on that right now. Um, after that, he does have potential targets. He lists Timo Meyer. I've talked about him ex- um, ex- exclusively on my show last week. They can definitely make that work, especially when it comes to you know, all their picks. They can send back some cash in that deal. They can hopefully get the Sharks to retain a little bit. Yeah, I know he's due a massive qualifying offer. As Frank notes, it's $10 million, But he could be signed long-term because, again, he's a RFA after the summer. The Penguins are going to have cap space. He makes them better. Sure, he's been linked to Carolina, New Jersey, but why not the Penguins? Why can't they step in and try to go get Meyer? You know, that's a great move. That's a great way for them to go all in. He also lists Brock Besser. You know, I know he's at an increased role. He's not a bad player. He'll be less expensive. You can probably get him first in a prospect, first on a roster player, something like that. Maybe even a second in a roster player. I don't know how you know far his value has fallen or risen. But again, you know, he's also do a massive qualifying offer. I think, next season. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's kind of, he, he's fine, but, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have him on my top five list of targets. I, you know, that, that's just my opinion, though. He he does list Tyler Bertuzzi. That is a very Ron Hextall, Brian Burke player, a player that can put the puck in the back of the net very well, a player that is a good playmaker, a player that is a good defender. You know, his contract can be affordable if the Wings were willing to take back some money. Um also willing to retain some money. Um, you could put him on the third line. He would make a lot of sense. Seeing Tyler Bertuzzi maybe next to Kaspery Captain. If maybe if he's not in the deal, seeing him next to you know, maybe he can help amplify Jeff Carter up a little bit if he if they want to somehow have him be the third line center, which would be insane. Bertuzzi does make a lot of sense, especially if Steve Eiserman wants to part with him as the deadline years, because the Red Wings are not going to be making the playoffs here. year, this team. Um, It's too far out of the race at this point. The math is not good. They're getting a bit closer, but you know, Bertuzzi does make sense when it comes to me. Then he lists the other two, Jake McCabe from the Chicago Blackhawks. He's probably going to go for a good, you know, he's going to, he's going to get at least a first or prospect and maybe a roster player. I'm not giving that up for a second or third pair defender. Luke Shen. um, I understand that he played in Philadelphia under one. Hextall was there, you know, Sure, he would be low cost. But again, <clears throat> they don't need a defenseman in my eyes. Yes. They don't. I, I don't. I, I would put third line center as my top need. I would put, you know, a scoring winger for the second or third line as my second need. And then maybe a backup goaltender if you're not a confident Casey to Smith. Then I would put a defenseman. I just don't see it as one of their top three things they need, especially when this decor is healthy. Chris Tang hopefully can stay healthy for the rest of the year. Jeff Petrie's just came back. Yan Ruda is coming back in the next week, week or so. <clears throat> pedersen has been having a good year. Pio Joseph has really blossomed. He's been great lately. They don't need another defenseman right now. We also want to happen when they signed Jan Ruda over the offseason deal that you know you're looking at it right now. Do they really need that money on their on their cap? 2.75 million for three years when you easily could have just replaced him with Chad Ruido or Mark Friedman. I mean, fine player, don't get me wrong. He, I don't think he's been a detriment to the team this season. But <clears throat> could have allocated that cap to potential other scoring winner <clears throat> like Evan Rodriguez. Had to do it. Because again, that deal this summer was just weird. I don't really know. I mean, that was kind of fine with that time, but then you know, the more you think about it and the more you see some of the defensive of how they play this year and Rude has been out like Chow Mark Friedman, you know, Pio Joseph has been in the lineup all year. Ty Smith's been in it. Do they really need to go out there and sign him during free agency when they could have signed um, another four to make their bottom six better? No. Definitely, definitely a weird one, to say the least. And then he lists their trade ships, full complement of picks. Obviously, the Penguins have um, their first and second for each of the next few seasons. He does list Kissberry Kappen with $3.2 million for one more year. Um he also lists Teddy Blueger. He does say, problem at the end, problem is many think Blueger is a guy who will help you win in the playoffs. Okay, well, with how the Penguins are playing, with how he's playing this season, I don't think he's going to help any team win the playoffs. Maybe the Penguins can sell someone on that. He also does list Owen Pickering, but I don't think he's going to be on the table for any trade. And then he does, does list goaltending prospect Joel Plumquist because they did trade Cali Klang last year. He said he's 21. He's put up solid numbers. In the finish lately, they have other goalie prospects, but Blumquist Blom, is the best, and he could fetch a nice return in the league. Sorry for goaltenders. Yeah, I would honestly would not be surprised if he's included in the deal just because they took a goalie. In this, in this past year's draft, and he looks like he's on a better career trajectory um, than Blumquist at this point. You know, that's really all Cervelli has in this article. Again, you know, my top objective is a third-line center. My secondary objective is maybe a second or third-line winger. Then a goaltender and then a defenseman. I just, I look at the rumors when they say the Penguins are in on a defense on a defenseman. I saw that with Dmitri Kulikov and now Sarah Lilley's putting in potential targets with um, Luke Shane and, and Jake McCabe. I just laugh. I just don't see it. You know, very, I could very well get old takes exposed with that. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't see it. I just disagree that they could use another defenseman at this point, especially when they're paying their defenseman like their defenseman a lot of money. Right now, but these next 18 days should be fun. Um, about two and a half weeks away from the deadline. We'll have to see if you know things start to heat up in Penguin Land. They got a lot of big games coming up to really see at this point. You know, can the penguins do enough so Hextall wants to reward what reward them, excuse me, with a trade? Heck, it shouldn't be about that. He should probably just make a trade because they need the help overall. But again, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast coming up for tomorrow's episode since the episode, since the game is so late, 1030 start time on Tuesday. Yes, I understand. You cannot make it through a full game on a Tuesday night at 1030. When you have work early the next day, you know, you are, you are fine in my book. You know, that's, that is late. Uh, I'm going to, I'm obviously going to do it because I don't have work the next day until 11, but I understand that people want to go to bed before, 11, 11.30, midnight on a Tuesday night with work the next day. But Penguin Sharks on Tuesday should be a fun game. I'll have a full preview episode coming out during the day for that one. So the Penguins try to get the revenge um, after losing to the Sharks 6-4. to It was probably their low point of the season um, just before the All-Star break. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Tuesday. I'll also preview Penguin Sharks before recapping that one on Wednesday. Talk to you all on Tuesday.